Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part five of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 33, verses 12 through 23, called Show Me Your Glory. If you want to be a leader, you need to know the Lord's ways because that's how you get to know the Lord. David prayed in Psalm 86, 11, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Listen, unite my heart to fear your name. In Psalm 103, 7 through 14, these are the words in the psalm. He says, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are dust. That's Psalm 103, 7 through 14. God made known to Moses his ways. Effective leadership in a Christian context is always getting to know the good shepherd. One of my consistent prayers is this. Lord, make me a shepherd after your own heart. Maybe you would pray that as a husband or a wife. Maybe you would pray that as a leader of a company or whatever the context may be. Make me more like you so I can be more effective. Uh, The first king of Israel, Saul, got himself in trouble because he tried to do things his own way. And God said he was going to choose a man after his own heart. Acts 13.22 reads this way. After he he had removed Saul, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom God testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, keep listening, who will do all my will, Acts 13.22. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. If you want to know what that means, it's a man who will do all of my will. Not my will, but your will be done. The Lord taught us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to be effective as a believer, you must make his will your will. And so Moses' first prayer request is simply, Lord, you need to go with us. You need to go with me. And God in 14 said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you, the you is singular here, rest. Now the Lord answered Moses' heart, I will go with you, My presence will go with you. The beautiful result of God's abiding presence in our lives 
is rest. That's the end of verse 14. My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, I would imagine that Moses, being a human being, had to be a little stressed, right? I mean, the bomb had been dropped on the camp. You're going to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And if I were in the midst of the people, I might just destroy them all. And Moses had to be thinking, whoa, <laughs> this, is, this is a little shaky. Maybe he was kind of stressed, even though he would go regularly talk to God. And God re- reassured him of his presence. The consequence was, I will give you rest. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Psalm 42, 5. Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. Jesus said, come to me, all you who weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and in me you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Now Jesus looked to his people who were under the burden of all that had been added to the law. The word rest is a Hebrew word which means a resting place, a place where one can settle down. If we take it as a promise to the nation, it could point to the promised land. Hebrews 4.9 says, there remains a rest for the people of God. And it's our job to enter into that rest. And what is that rest? For us, our rest is Christ. Our rest is Jesus. And what gives a life rest is God's presence. Amen? And I think... If I were to survey the room and those who are watching via live stream and I asked you, what has been the, the biggest thing that's helped you overcome anxiety in your life? I'll tell you what my answer is. It's the presence of the Lord. It's the goodness of God. It's the promises of God. And because he's with me, I have peace. So Moses will move now in verses 15 through 17 to turn his face-to-face Uh, conversation with the Lord to a prayer for the nation. He's gotten the first prayer request from the Lord, a gracious, beautiful answer. And he says in 15, then he said to him, second prayer request, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Okay, it's one thing that you go with me and beautiful, wonderful, but Moses is a mediator. We've all learned that, right? He has a heart for these people. And he says, now, Lord, please go with us. Because if you don't go with us, we are in trouble. How then can it be known that I found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by you, you're going with us so that we, I and your people, notice how he rounds it out to the nation, may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth. How else might we be distinguished except You're in our midst. What makes Israel Israel? What makes the church the church? What makes a Christian a Christian? The presence of God. That's the difference. We've become the temple of the living God. The abiding presence of God is in your life. That's what makes you different. 
And that is the beauty that you can share with anyone around you. The presence of the Lord is there in your life. Amen. What makes people, the people of God special? The presence of God. Moses might put it this way. How can we be a kingdom of priests, Exodus 19, a light to the nations, if you're not in our midst, O Lord? What would distinguish us from all the other nations that you've been telling us about and their ways and their gods? This is the great dividing line of humanity. You in Christ or not? Christ in you or not? That is the dividing line of all humanity. You either have Christ in you, the hope of glory, or you do not. You're either born again or you are not. You either are adopted into God's family or you are not. You're either going to heaven or you're not. 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul says, test yourselves. See if you're in the faith. See if Christ is in you. We may be tempted to go it alone, but Moses will have none of it. Moses had 40 years in Egypt. He got a pretty good look at what life is like without the true and living God. No, thank you. No, thank you. I asked the question last Wednesday. You know, imagine if you were in that camp and God said, we're, I'm not going with you. How would your life change if all of a sudden God was not in your life? I mean, that would be devastating. And maybe if it's not devastating to you, you, you need to do some soul searching. The Lord said, I'm, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to give you rest. But what can we accomplish without you? I want you to imagine the arrival of the people to the Jordan, and they're about to take Jericho without the Lord. Because you know what happened at Jericho, right? All they did, the battle plan was to march around the walls and the walls fell down. And if you've seen the uh, VeggieTale version of it, how many of you have seen the VeggieTale version of it? Come on. The people were throwing slushies at them. And they sang their little song and it was the French peas. Keep walking, but you won't knock down our wall. Keep walking, but she isn't gonna fall. It's plain to see your brain is very small to think walking will be knocking down our wall. Thank you. I do parties. <laughs> Somehow those songs were ingrained in my head as my kids were growing up. And I have to say they were pretty funny. Anyway. Jesus said, apart from me... Silly little pea. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. You're always backing up your father from back there. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I suggest a prayer? Lord, I don't want to set foot in any direction one step without you. I want to walk in your will Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm trying to learn more and more not to take steps without the Lord. Because when I have, it's not been good. 
When I have, I've usually, usually stepped in a pothole. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can watch Pastor Michael's teachings in their entirety. 19 chapters later! You're off the hook! We know sometimes you hear Pastor Michael mention slides, and we have made sure you have access to all the videos from his Sunday teachings. The modern application could be the power of the sword with, for example, a police officer. Watching the videos can also be a good way to see how animated Pastor Michael can be on stage. Even if you have to gulp after you've prayed it. And Lord, one more thing, not... My will. You can watch the video from today's teaching when you visit walkintruth.com. We also live stream one of our Sunday morning services. Pastor Michael prefers you attend your church Sunday mornings or visit our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, as fellowship is important. But you are invited to watch the 10:30 a.m. Pacific Time service anytime. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe it? To watch Pastor Michael's teachings and to follow our YouTube channel for live streams, you can find the links and information on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. Can I suggest a prayer? Lord, I don't want to set foot in any direction one step without you. I want to walk in your will. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm trying to learn more and more not to take steps without the Lord. Because when I have, it's not been good. When I have, I've usually stepped in a pothole. And so this is what Moses is saying. He's saying, Lord, the only reason we're out of Egypt is because of you. The only reason that we got the commandments is because of you. We're not going on without you. If you don't go, oh, we don't want to go. And I would suggest to you that just in navigating everyday life, that should be a prayer. Lord, I don't want to take one step without you. But if you're leading me somewhere, I want to take steps of faith and follow you. You're the shepherd, I'm the sheep. You lead, I follow. So the Lord said to Moses, prayer request number two, I will also do this thing. Notice the distinction between Moses as an individual and the nation. I will also do this thing, first part of 17, of which you have spoken. For you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Okay? I will go with you, and I will go with the nation. Beautiful. Why? Because I'm pleased with you. When Jesus was at the Jordan and the heavens opened, the Father said, This is my beloved Son. With him I am well pleased. And essentially what God is saying to Moses, he's the lesser. He's not at the level of a Jesus, of course. But he's the deliverer and he's a mediator, at least in a lesser sense. God says something similar to Moses. You've mediated. We have this close relationship. I'm pleased with you. Therefore, I will go with the people. And Jesus is the greater mediator. 
he, because he pleased the Father and we are in him, we are now pleasing to the Father. Because you are in Christ. You see that all throughout the New Testament, right? You are in Christ. You're in Christ. God's not looking at you anymore according to your sin. He's not counting your sins against you anymore. Praise God. He sees you through his son. And with his son, he is well pleased. Because Jesus always did those things that please his father. And so the greater Moses now stands in the gap for the people of God. And so to know Moses by name is a special relationship, reinforcing God's pleasure with him. And God says, okay, I'm going with you. I'm going with the people of Israel. And maybe with these blessed gains, you are asking some questions like, okay, wait a minute. Why did this go down this way? Why is it that God said, He's going to judge the people and then, okay, Moses, you mediated and now he's not going to judge the people and he will go after all. Well, we're getting some lessons in intercession. Don't forget that the big picture of the book of Exodus is that it's a picture of salvation. It's salvation pictured in the Old Testament, but taking us to the new. The greater mediator is Jesus. Our sin would separate us from God, but The mediator Jesus stands in the gap and now God says, even though I would judge the people for their sin, now I will not because you've satisfied my wrath at the cross and through the resurrection. There's something else here. When uh, the Lord tells Moses what's going to happen, we'll see this at the end of the chapter, when God proclaims his name to Moses, what's going to be included in his name is a word called compassion. God is full of compassion. What moves God to compassion is that he is good. Jesus, you will watch in the New Testament, was often moved to compassion. What is compassion? Compassion literally in the Greek language means to feel the feelings of the person who's hurting in your very bowels, in the deepest recesses of your being, to to understand the hurt and the pain and to feel it with the other person. God is a God of compassion. When Jesus told the story of the good Samaritan, which for the Jewish audience they would say, that's an oxymoron. A good Samaritan? Yes. Actually, it doesn't say he was good. We call him good, but his action was good. And he had mercy on the man taken among thieves, right? This is Luke chapter 10. And Jesus asked the question, which of the three loved his neighbor? I suppose the one that had mercy on him, the Samaritan, right? You go do, you go and do likewise. You want to know if you're growing in your faith in God, look for compassion. Because that is how God describes himself and his name. He's a God of compassion. And I'll tell you, and I know many of you can testify, that's one of the things that's happened in my heart after becoming a a Christian is to be moved with compassion for others. Pity 
concern. This is not the stuff of an outward show. This is to feel it deep inside. Well, Moses is two for two. He asked for himself. He asked for the people. Yes, I will do it. Yes, I will do it. Moses had to be feeling confident. Two for two, coming up to the plate for the third at bat. And so his third prayer request is simply this. It's in verse 18. It's our title. Moses said, I pray you. I'm on a roll, so why not? Show me your glory. <laughs> Woo-wee! We're supposed to enter the holy place with boldness, right? Because we're uh, forgiven people and we come boldly to the throne of grace and Moses is feeling bold. <laughs> All right, face-to-face communication with God. Two for two on prayer requests. Let's do it. <laughs> Show me your glory, Lord. Now, if you were there, you'd probably ask something similar, wouldn't you? Because it's the deep desire, I think, of all believers. It's what we long for, to see him as he is. We will one day. We talked about that last week. So what does this mean? What does it mean that Moses says, show me your glory? Didn't Moses see the glory of God at the burning bush, Exodus 3? Didn't he see the glory on Mount Sinai in the glory cloud, Exodus 19 and following? Hasn't he experienced the glory cloud in the tent of meeting? We just read about that. What is Moses asking for? Simply more. He has experienced God's form. That's Numbers chapter 12, 6 through 8. We read that last week. He has gotten a taste of what it means to be in the Shekinah presence of God. But he has not gotten the full uh, experience of what he could experience. God has shielded his, his full splendor, if you will, because he's already said, no one can see my face and live. Moses has gotten as much as he can take, as much as he can handle. Because if God just let everything flow out, Moses would have died. You've been listening to Show Me Your Glory, Part 5 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 33, verses 12 through 23. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in other books of the Bible. And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or a family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? Same if you're listening on podcast. Please click that share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then hopefully they'll be a blessing for someone else you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. We've been talking about, if you've been with us for a while, that the book of Exodus is a book about salvation. There are pictures of salvation all through it. Moses being a type of Jesus, a picture of Jesus. He's the greater Moses. Um, The imagery of the Passover pointing to Jesus. And when we talk about in the volume of the book, it is written of him to do God's will, to do his father's will. Well, this is our great Messiah. This is our great savior who took the wrath that we might be in the book, that we might be written in the Lamb's book of life. Do you know him today? Have you received Jesus Christ, the greater Moses, the greater Joshua, the king of kings, the superior and sympathetic high priest, according to the book of Hebrews? Is he your Messiah? 
Is he your king? Is he your savior? Is he your God? If he is, rejoice. Because what a love uh, that we've been loved with. It's, it's an amazing love. And, and that love, I pray, would carry you through as you contemplate the great God and Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, and walk with him. Hey, thank you for joining us for the book of Exodus. This is Pastor Michael Lance. If you're new to the broadcast, we've been teaching the book of Exodus for a while, and it's amazing the content that is really in every book of the Bible, but the book of Exodus is just so amazing. And I pray you've been enjoying it. Hey, tell a friend about what you're hearing. You can find out more about the ministry here when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. You can link to the church. You can link to videos, uh, church services, and you know the teaching, which we have a ton of teaching from different books of the Bible. It's all there at walkintruth.com. Hey, send us a note. I'd love to hear about how the program has been a blessing to you, how it's impacting you. Once again, walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a monthly Walk in Truth partner of at least $10 a month or give a one-time gift. Please visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part six of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 through 23, called Show Me Your Glory. I'm Mike Massaro. Happy New Year. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.